Welcome to Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help. On the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. Well, June, what's on your heart this evening? Well, really, it is uh, something that I often think of, and it's a phrase, why do I do what I don't want to do? And you've heard me say this many times. In other words, um, at times we ask ourselves this question. It can be over relatively smaller things. In other words, less visible, uh, less habitual. Or it can be over very serious issues. For example, and I'll, I'll just say it this way. Not everyone who is sexually immoral is sexually addicted. I'm going to repeat that. Not everyone who is sexually immoral is sexually addicted. Um, I'm, I'm going to be blunt here. While many adulterers, um, m- many um, and, and all rapists or sex offenders, such offenders are not all sex addicts. And I, I, I'm being very specific. Rape is an act of violence. It's a power play emanating from anger. What constitutes, though, a sexual addiction? Well, within the heart of every addict, there is a sense of shame. Shame because they can feel unlovable or unworthy or unwanted. Shame resulting from repeated failure and abandonment. This shame within the addict produces sexual beliefs and behaviors. In fact, Proverbs 18.3 says, With shame comes disgrace. With shame comes disgrace. So what constitutes a sexual addiction? Years ago, when I was dealing with this issue of sexual addiction, um, there there is a... um, Think of an acrostic on the word shame, S-H-A-M-E, where each letter begins with a, a word that spells out ultimately uh, S-H-A-M-E, shame. It, the, the point is, it is secretive, as that's the S, not within normal cultural boundaries and filled with guilt and shame. It's, it's almost like living a double life. The H is hollow. There's not a real relationship with even a spouse, even though there may be a spouse. But it's a relationship focused on erotic passion. It's prioritizing sexual passion over a person. Uh, It's abusive. That's the A. S-H-A. Abusive. Not uplifting to yourself or, or to others, but degrading to both by virtue of exploiting others or debasing yourself. Uh, The M is mood-altering. In other words, it feels there's a high there. It's not facing difficult feelings, but seeking emotional 
uh, like an emotional quick fix, but it's using sexual passion for comfort or to avoid working through painful emotions. And the last is the word essential, E, S-H-A-M-E, essential. Not believing you can live uh, without the frequent um, sexual act. Um, in other words, convincing yourself that sex is the most important thing in life. Anyone who has an addiction, let's say it's alcohol. For the alcoholic, where there's an addiction, alcohol is the most important thing in life, as opposed to a relationship with a spouse, children, uh, a, a, a meaningful a job, uh, no, the most important is whatever person is addicted to. Uh, that can be food. It can be, we could go down a list of addictions. Um, gambling. Uh, people will can lose their homes, their cars. It is the most important thing at the time. And notice in Second Peter 2, verse 19, the Bible says people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. But the good news is this. This is very important. The Bible is very clear. Sin shall not be your master. In other words, we can have a change, a genuine change of what has enslaved us and, and that makes us be mastered by whatever that addiction is. Instead of literally, uh, we can be changed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And it comes down to prioritizing our relationship with Him. But but we have to know exactly what to do. It's not it's not just something some spiritual something that's um, ethereal. There are steps to take. Anyone can be set free. If you're looking for a place to find encouragement and guidance, check out junehunt.org. That's where you can find June's practical, biblical resources, including June's books and Bible studies on a variety of topics like anger, depression, forgiveness, addictions, relationships, and more. June's resources offer biblical hope and practical help for all of life's challenges. They are great for personal study and growth and equipping you to help others. At junehunt.org, you can also find June's music, her translated books in Spanish, and keep up with all the latest news and interviews with June. And if you've missed an airing of Hope in the Night, you can access the broadcast archives from this site and search for specific topics. At junehunt.org, there's also a place to donate and support us financially to help more people find practical guidance from God's Word through our radio broadcasts, biblical resources, and more. We're grateful for your prayers and support, and we hope you'll check out the resources for you at junehunt.org. 
Would you like to talk to June Hunt about a situation in your life? Consider having that conversation on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night and let June help you discover practical help that's grounded in God's truth. Your story will be heard on all of our radio affiliates. And of course, we protect your privacy by providing you with a different name. And as it happens often in our program, when you share your story, you might help someone else find biblical hope and practical help for their life. It's ministry multiplied. For an opportunity to talk with June Hunt on Hope in the Night about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or some other concern in your life, call 800-917. That's 800-644-4817. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call tonight, 800-917. 800-644-4817. You're listening to Hope in the Night, a ministry of hope for the heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. We're here because of your ongoing prayers and support, and we do thank you. If you have questions or concerns about something going on in your life, you can call our care center at 800-488-HOPE. They can help you access our resources, the same ones June counsels from as she helps each caller. Now, the number again is 800-488-4673, or you may email customercare at hopefortheheart.org. That's customercare at hopefortheheart.org. Send your questions regarding tonight's uh, topics and resources that were discussed in the program. Now, let's welcome our caller. Well, hello, Alan. I'm glad you've called. How can we help you? Good evening, Jim. Good evening. I want to thank you for your ministry. You know, you've been a blessing. I started listening to you when I was 17 years old, 28 now. So thank My you. goodness, you're 28, and you started listening at age 17? Did I yeah. hear that right? Wow. Well, then we're friends. <laughs> um, well, how, how can we help you, Alan? Okay, so there's been a, been facing like spiritual warfare uh, at home, so was hoping to cover that spiritual warfare and sexual integrity, but mm-hmm. more specifically regarding spiritual warfare, there's been some like weird incidents in my home. You know. It started off with me. It felt like I got attacked in my mind. Mm-hmm. It was a night where, you know, I couldn't sleep. I felt like the thoughts were overwhelming, you know. And if it, and uh, on top of that, there was a night where my mom felt like she told me that she felt like something was touching her. Mm. Wow. And then there was a, during that time, I was, I felt like I was getting attacked at night, you know, after that incident. Yes. It happened like about a year ago, like a year and like six months. And ever since it's been challenging for me to sleep at night. And uh, another, Hmm. just to mention another weird event was when I brought my dog over, you know, to my home, to my home. Yes. And one night, you know, he was in he was in my room, and 
out of nowhere, uh, he just started like smelling and that, and started like licking intensely and started barking. And it was just it was just me and him and me and the dog. And so I found that weird. He hardly ever barks. So are you saying that was he focused on what appeared to be something and he kept barking at that something? Yes. First started sniffing and then started barking. Afterwards, he started barking. Hmm. Okay. By the way, I want you to know that uh, some time ago, a woman called me and told me, she said, I don't know what is going on. All I know is my dog keeps barking at something in the corner. And when I picked the dog up, the closer I got to the corner, the more trembling the dog was. The dog was trembling as she approached. And um, so we did certain things. And the next night she called back and she said, it's gone, it's gone. But I'm just, I'm, the only reason I'm saying this is I believe you. I want you to know I believe you and I hear what you're saying. That there appeared to be something that the dog was sensitive to that you couldn't see. That's what you're telling me. You didn't have a visual of anything. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. All right. And you did you say, help me understand, didn't you say it was about a year ago? Well, or when did this first start? How, how long ago? So the sleeping problem started like about a year and like, I would say, I said six months, but it's like a year and eight months. Okay. And uh, the, the incidents, I would say they started shortly after, well, probably like six months later. Mm-hmm. Yes. And did you have any anything unusual that was different basically a year and eight months ago? Was there anything that was different in your life? It could be uh, whether it's having to do with a person or a circumstance, but that would be out of the norm of what you would normally experience? Um, during that time, I would say n no. I was just facing a lot of stress. Um, mm -hmm. have a have a brother, you know, who's, like, diagnosed with a men mental illness. Okay. So I feel like... You know, and I started reading about that. You know, I had I was doing a midterm. Started reading a lot about that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not sure if that that caused the you know the sleeping incident to happen. And then, but that's after more. That incident, just started getting yeah. a lot of fear. Okay, what you were saying is as you began to just read. Um, some about mental illness, that's typically factual. It's not related to 
to an op opening the door, and I guess I should ask that. Is there anything that could be opening the door to what we would call um, anything in the occult or anything that would deal with um, that that could be music uh, exalting Satan uh, could be tattoos uh, exalting Satan or, or the occult was there anything like that that uh, would be circumstantial um, I'm just trying to think of anything that would open the door to the occult that you can think of at this moment. No, no, other than, I'm going to be honest, uh, shortly after, well, after that incident, started going, you know, looking at stuff I shouldn't be looking at, you know, as it pertains to, like, sexual integrity. Okay. So, yeah. So I'm not sure that's the only thing, but nothing regarding an occult or nothing like that. Not, okay. not me. When you say not yeah. me, is there someone who was, to a degree, any family member involved in or someone you were close to? No, not that I'm aware of. I said not me because, you know, I'm not sure. I haven't asked them, but I doubt it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so what you're saying is after that there was a, a, an opening of of certain um sexual activity that would be um something that you would know you wouldn't typically want as your lifestyle, but you got into that. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And had that been a part of your lifestyle before? Occasionally. It was, I was like on and off. But during that time, I was like free for like nine months. Mm-hmm. You had been free from the sexual, well, would we call that a sexual addiction? Is that where you were be? Uh, it would be literally um, compelling um, activity that would be what what I know that at times we don't want, but it's like there's something compelling. It's secretive, um, doing certain things that where you would feel it would be essential. I have to. I have to act out sexually. Has that been part of what you said was the off and on experience in your life? Yes. Okay. By the way, I'm I'm asking questions because I know that you have called. I hear that you have been listening, and and I'm talking about to our program, and you know 
that people can be set free. Is that not true? Yes. Okay. So I'm I'm just wanting you to hear. I'm proud of you. I'm genuinely proud of you for being able to get this out. Um, and I want you to realize at age 28, uh, my friend, you've got. Think of think of it this way, you've got a whole like you've 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 lived maybe just one third of your life or maybe just a fourth of your life, but you've got a long period of time to literally experience freedom from this sexual addiction. And what I'm hearing is we're talking about two different things, but there could be uh, a relationship between the two, meaning we're talking about spiritual warfare where something, it, it, I always look, um, my friend, I always look for, is there another logical reason for what when somebody talks about spiritual warfare, can something else make sense? Or is it like, no, this is not natural. And for you to describe what I know has been true in some other situations where, as you've already described, your dog, you take to the house, and then he starts sniffing and barking and there's no logical reason but continues to bark at something and you're not seeing what it is and yet um let's in fact when we come back i want you to tell me what happened after that and i mean was there any impact that you felt um why, I mean, obviously you brought this up with this issue of spiritual warfare. It's like something was going on. Your mom had this feeling like something was touching her, and that didn't make sense. So just go a little bit further about that, and then we're going to turn a corner And uh, thank you for calling. Do you have a heart for people who are hurting and broken? You want to throw them a lifeline, but sometimes you just don't know how. Lifeline to Hope is a brand new, one-of-its-kind caregiver training designed just for you. Using video-based instruction from leading experts, plus relevant case studies and interactive exercises, you can discover how to effectively provide support, encouragement, and spiritual care. The ultimate goal is to connect lives in crisis with a new or renewed life in Christ. This 10-week Lifeline to Hope program can train and deploy a small, effective group of caregivers in your church and community. Be the person in your church that brings together caregivers to become better equipped to meet the hurting. Discover more at lifelinetohope.org. Lifelinetohope.org.
If you're looking for a place to find encouragement and guidance, check out junehunt.org. That's where you can find June's practical, biblical resources, including June's books and Bible studies on a variety of topics like anger, depression, forgiveness, addictions, relationships, and more. June's resources offer biblical hope and practical help for all of life's challenges. They are great for personal study and growth and equipping you to help others. At junehunt.org, you can also find June's music, her translated books in Spanish, and keep up with all the latest news and interviews with June. And if you've missed an airing of Hope in the Night, you can access the broadcast archives from this site and search for specific topics. At junehunt.org, there's also a place to donate and support us financially to help more people find practical guidance from God's Word through our radio broadcasts, biblical resources, and more. We're grateful for your prayers and support, and we hope you'll check out the resources for you at junehunt.org. listening to Hope in the Night. I'm Jeff Oliver. We'll get back to our caller in just a moment. If you'd like to speak with June about a specific situation on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, call 800-NIGHT-17. That's 800-N-I-G-H-T-1-7. Now, when you call, follow the prompts and leave a detailed message, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible and get you scheduled for the next available Hope in the Night. That number again, 800-644-4817. Now let's get back to tonight's caller. Well, my friend Alan, um, and I'm listening very carefully to you, and um, I am wondering, was there anything when this dog was obviously uh, focused on something and you didn't see what it was, and it's Obviously, something this your dog had not done before. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So, did your dog continue to do this, um, the sniffing and barking? Um, did he continue continue to do this uh, after that one time, or? Not. No, it just it just happened that one time. Mm-hmm. But apparently, it was significant to you for you to even mention it now. Correct. Yes. Okay. And is it because that related to your mom feeling like something was touching her? My mom and just the uh, uh, like my lack of the how I think it's related to uh, me not being able to sleep at night and that incident when I felt like my mind got attacked. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you felt Sorry like your mind, know. yeah, your mind was being attacked, like invasion of of, of thoughts. Do you remember any of your thoughts? Yeah, were any so of those thoughts were were they any any of those thoughts sexual? 
They were okay. more like spiritual, spiritual based. Uh, were, I remember one time my brother telling me, you know, like religion's making you sick. So that that was kind of that thought was prominent. Religion making you sick. Yes. What would that look like? Can you describe what that would be? Sorry, you cut off for a little bit. What would that look like for religion to make you sick? I think that would that would look like doing all the religious duties, not 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 or yeah, like the religious rituals and not having a relationship with God, like intimacy. Ah. Okay. The ritual without the relationship, the true relationship um, with Jesus Christ. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Has there been a time in your life where you know you humbled your heart and you received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. Okay. How old were you when that occurred? Thirteen, so I was actually introduced to Jesus by the brother who said that. So, mm -hmm. yes, at thirteen. Did your life change at all after that? I would say yes. Good. How did it change? I was. I remember during that time I was like, uh, you know, depressed, and uh, shortly afterwards, I remember just getting, you know, getting my life back on track. Started reading uh, Joel Osteen. You know, went back to school, so it changed in that way. You know, mm -hmm. depression went away. Okay. So when you gave your life to Christ. Did you pray for him to be your Lord and Savior, giving him control of your life? Honestly, I just remember saying a, a prayer. Uh-huh. And I'm not sure if I have to, like, if I understood... The words that you're telling me now, you know, like Lord over my life. Yeah, see, some, I'm just saying that there are times when people say, well, I, yeah, I, I believe in Jesus, and they do. They believe that he lived on earth, that he did miracles. They acknowledge all that. Um, but so does the enemy of God. He believes in Jesus, the facts, but not, he will not yield, I'm talking about the enemy of God, called Satan, will not yield his will to the will of the Lord. Um, and that, the Bible says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Lord means master, ruler, owner, giving him ownership of your life.
that's the intent. It, it's not, and I'll, I'll say it another way. There were people, which I imagine you know, uh, I mean, meaning you don't know them personally, but in the Bible, you know about um, maybe um, these religious leaders. And they had the very thing you mentioned, Alan. They had a religion, but not a relationship with God. Um, they, uh, that, to me, that's like having the cart before the horse. Um, it's the wrong order. Uh, we are supposed to enter into. We 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 yield our our lives to Him. Um, it's not just believing that Jesus exists. Uh, again, uh, not just Satan, but also the demons. They all believe that Jesus exists. But the, for us, the key is to literally turn our lives over to him. Uh, the Bible says, as many as received him, that's Jesus, to them he gave the right to become uh, children of God. We are adopted into his family. So I'm just communicating that um, you are right, that if the, all, there, all there is is a religion, um, there are all kinds of religions and many are false religions, or if, if it's minus the relationship with God through Christ, then it's missing the life-changing part of what God wants us to experience with him. But So uh, I'm just um, communicating to you what will be important for you for true victory in your life. Does it does that part make sense? Yes. Okay. So what I did hear is you had been experiencing depression, but then after this uh, when I asked about um, having a true relationship with Christ uh, you did say that that was a difference because you experienced uh, a freedom from the depression that you had earlier been experiencing. Is that right? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, one thing that will be helpful for you to do is to ask God to reveal to you if there was something that would have caused um, this spiritual warfare, because that's where you started. You said you um, had um, exp experienced some spiritual warfare. Now, many, I mean, there there are times when people can literally have something in their homes. And I have, um, and they have to do an inventory. They just look through everything they have. For example, I remember one time, um, I'm just going to be very candid. Um, I saw something at the State Fair of Texas. And I thought, hmm, 
and it was a wooden Buddha. Uh, by the way, I don't know why I bought it. I was a teenager. And um, later, when I began to look at le and learn about spiritual warfare, I thought, I, I need, and it took me a while to do this to get rid of it. I, I, I thought, this is not healthy. This is not right. Because there are all kinds of idols that a person could have. And I didn't think a thing of it, but I also knew nothing about spiritual warfare. And um, I, and for example, we are told not to, in in the occult, we are not to look at the signs of the sky and make decisions based on those. There are scriptures that say this, and that's exactly what astrology is. I mean, horoscopes and. Um, uh, what is called astrology, and it's a method of l looking at the planets, and it's it's not astronomy. Astronomy is a science. Astrology is seeking to have supernatural power or knowledge apart from the God of the Bible, and it's letting um, it's accessing horoscopes, etc. Well, I can tell you that many, many people do this, but the Bible actually forbids that activity. And all I'm saying is there are times we can be doing certain things like that and not even be aware that the Bible forbids it. The reason I know that is because I didn't know anything about spiritual warfare until I started reading the Bible in context of the whole, and I, I, I learned I need a number of things not to do because the Bible, again, forbids those actions. And this can be helpful for you to do this. In fact, I think I'm going to send something to you. I'm going to send you for sure something on the occult just so you can know what and, and you can evaluate it is there anything that would have caused this spiritual warfare and you can do an we have an inventory there and you look and if you have any involvement that needs to be done if you're looking for a place to find encouragement and guidance, check out junehunt.org. That's where you can find June's practical, biblical resources, including June's books and Bible studies on a variety of topics like anger, depression, forgiveness, addictions, relationships, and more. June's resources offer biblical hope and practical help for all of life's challenges. They are great for personal study and growth and equipping you to help others. At junehunt.org, you can also find June's music, her translated books in Spanish, and keep up with all the latest news and interviews with June. And if you've missed an airing of Hope in the Night, you can access the broadcast archives from this site and search for specific topics. At junehunt.org, there's also a place to donate and support us financially to help more people find practical guidance from God's Word through our radio broadcasts, biblical resources, and more. We're grateful for your prayers and support, and we hope you'll check out the resources for you at junehunt.org. 
As we each solve the puzzle that is our life, we often have questions we can't answer. Usually, they're little nagging questions, but sometimes they're larger. So large, in fact, the answer or even the question itself can have life-changing consequences. June Hunt believes the best answers to these tough questions come from God himself, and he's given us those answers in the Bible. For more than 20 years now, June has helped callers find these biblical answers and apply them to their lives. You can talk with June on her radio program, Hope in the Night, about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or another concern in your life. Call 800-NIGHT-17. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call now, 800-644-4817. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver, and you are listening to Hope in the Night. It's a ministry of hope for the heart, and we're here because of your ongoing prayers and continued support. If you have questions about something going on in your life, even about what salvation means, you can call our care center at 800-488-HOPE. Now back to our caller. Well, my friend, I, I know we're talking about two different things spiritual warfare and again I'm sending you our material on the occult just for you to evaluate what these items are that could give an opening into uh, the occult and therefore open the door to spiritual warfare where many people are not aware of what the Bible forbids and so that is is one part um, is is that clear for you to go through the material, and, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Yes. Okay. And the other part is you have mentioned um, a on and on again, off again. You said on and off of of a. Um, of a sexual addiction and you have what what I like about you is this you're calling because this is not what you want at least that's what I'm hearing that you don't want this to be habitual in your life am I correct about that Okay, good for you. You realize many people say, nope, this is just who I am, or I have a right to do whatever I want to do, or you know, they'll, they'll justify. But the problem is, if, if there's anything that controls us, that's what the addiction is. Um, and people who have an addiction will say, the most important thing in my life, not if it's a sexual addiction, you'd, it would be the most important thing in my life would be, you know, is sex, and I'll do whatever's necessary to get my sexual needs met. Well, 
that seems logical initially, but that's not going to... See, I hear there's the spiritual part of you that wants to be... Well, let me ask, what would you want if if you could have, based on what you've told me thus far, what would you want your life to be like right now? If it were possible. I would say just... I would say emotionally whole. Like free be, from from, uh, from guilt, from, from fear. Just be emotionally whole. Hmm. That's good. That's very good. Well, when you're doing something that is to a degree hidden, that is um, something that you would not want to continue doing, it's understandable that you would have guilt. By the way, this is called good guilt. Good guilt. Meaning, and I'm going to put it in a very unusual way, if I'm headed, if I'm driving a car, and I'm heading the wrong way on a one-way street, uh, that's not going to be real smart of, of me, and it's not going to end well, right? Yeah. I just keep going the wrong way on a one-way street. Well, we are told uh, that there is a way that seems right. But in the end, it leads to death. That we can think, this is no big deal, this is okay. And yet, and this, by the way, is a scripture twice in the book of Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs is the book on wisdom. So it's not wise for us, for any of us, to think, there's a way that seems right. But in the end, it leads to death. And I'm not just talking about a car crash. I'm talking about impacting our lives. I appreciate what you said. You want to be emotionally whole, not controlled in such a way that your your conscience is being compromised. In other words, that you you said you want to be free from guilt. That's good. That's healthy. That's positive because that means that you are willing to take action. I mean, I'm that that, because that's why you called. You want to take action to do that which frees you from a guilty lifestyle. Is that you think that's accurate for you? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to share some things with you, and I think it could be helpful for you and me to talk again, because I want to. I'm going to. What I'm going to share will be something that has to do with a 
sexual addiction. Um, and but but I'm, I want to make sure we get to the solution part. Uh, are you open to us talking another time? Yes. Okay. Good. Well, let me let me explain something. Everybody is created with three inner needs. You are created with three inner needs for love, significance, and security. Love, significance, and security. Um, and all along, the Lord plans to be the need meter. Now, at the time, what we can do is try to get our needs met even illegitimately. And this is where we get some, uh, we all have done this. Um, we try to get our needs met for love, uh, to know that someone is unconditionally committed uh, to our best interest, or the feeling of uh, even a sexual high can feel love. Uh, significance is just to know that we have meaning and purpose in life. Uh, security is to feel accepted and a sense of belonging. Now, while, yes, we would like this, um, there are times in our lives where bad things have happened and there aren't people who have treated us in this way where we feel significant, where we feel secure. And you and I have not talked about that yet. But what I want you to hear is all along the Lord planned to be the need meter to meet our deepest needs for love, significance, and security. In regard to love, the Bible says, I have loved you. This is the Lord speaking. I've loved you with an everlasting love. I've drawn you with loving kindness. That's Jeremiah 31.3. In regard to significance, it's he says, I know the plans I have for you. This is huge, by the way. This is great news. He says, Alan, he says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's in Jeremiah 29.11. And he meets our need for security if we allow him to. The Lord goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He says, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. See, that's his plan is to be the need meter. But the problem is this. If we are involved in any addiction, whatever it is, and you've already said that that's what you've been experiencing, the problem is we can feel in that situation, I'm, well, if you really knew me, you wouldn't love me. If you really knew, um, 
sometimes I feel unlovable. I feel I feel that nobody really cares. Feeling um, that people care only if they can get something, and therefore, I don't like the feeling. I've got to protect myself, and so they listen to this. They enter into a relationship with sex that's not based on love. In other words, they can have a relationship with passion, with uh, with uh, erotic passion, uh, but they can use a person. And yet, in regard to our need for love, again, the Lord says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. He wants to uh, he he wants to meet that need. Now, I'm going to present these three things because we I've mentioned there are three areas. Um, he me he literally created us with these three inner needs for love, significance, and security. And you can tell me if this is anything that you've been feeling. Uh, the first is love, um, but. It's like, but if you really knew me, you wouldn't love me. Uh, for the need for significance, I, you know, if you really knew me, you wouldn't value me. I, I, I feel unworthy. I feel like I've failed. Uh, I feel insignificant. And so you enter into a relationship with passion, sexual passion, yet it's not really meeting the need. And the same would be for security. Uh, if you really knew me, you'd abandon me. I, I can't depend on others. I can't risk rejection. And so you enter into a relationship with passion, um, something erotic, but it doesn't satisfy. Now let me ask, do any of those three, do you identify with any of those three? The, the trying to get your need met for love, significance, or security? I would say security. I can't depend on others. And nobody, yeah. nobody cares. Those two. Okay. Me. Okay. Well, my friend... We're going to talk about this when we talk again, and I'll be much more specific of the way out. If you have questions about tonight's topic or any number of topics, we have over 100 biblical counseling keys to address it. Call our care center at 800-488-HOPE. Again, that's 800-488-4673. Now, if you'd like to speak with June specifically about a problem going on in your life, please call 800-NIGHT-17. That's 800-N-I-G-H-T-1-7. Follow the prompts and leave a message for us and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. At Hope for the Heart, we want to help you and we want to help you help others. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying, you hang on to hope.